Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your hosts, Sean, X-Pac, Wolfman. What's going on, everyone? You've tuned in to X-Pac 12360, but I think you already know that. We got Jimbo over on the couch looking at his phone. Trying to start the timer so I can make sure uh, I can yeah, okay. have time codes for all this great press release stuff we're going to have. I knew that. I loved your reaction, though. You were like, glitch. Oh, hey, uh, I'm on. Not, not as much as Denise. Like, hey, look at this picture I took of you. Me awkwardly yeah, pointing at you. That's, like, that's the lovely voice of Denise Salcedo sitting next to Jimbo on the couch. Happy Valentine's, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I know. I love that me and TK are the only ones wearing like pink and red, though, or like right. red and pink. What happened yeah. to the rest of you? Do you have a Valentine? Yeah, I you do. do. I, I do. do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. A long time Valentine. Awesome. So, yeah. That's great. Aww. So, yeah, it makes me want to puke. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you're one of those people. <laughs> I am actually not. That was 100% a joke. I am a totally a romantic, and I'm all for all that stuff just because I don't participate these days. Uh, it doesn't mean I, I'm not happy for everyone that does. I think it's wonderful. Well, you have your Valentine sitting right next. She's to She's right there, sure. sitting between you, the lovely baby Lou, and she's got her little Valentine's Day uh, shirt on. Oh. Well, it's, I, it just so happens that it, it matches for Valentine's Day. So. Life isn't all diamonds and rosé. That's right, but it, <laughs> but, it be. Be. but it should be. That's right. I agree. No. <laughs> Anissa Barr is sitting in with us. Over there, I don't know if you guys noticed, but she's right there in the corner. <laughs> no putting, no putting baby in the corner, but we can put, <laughs> we can put Anissa there. Oh my gosh! So. But she's Hello. got a headset and everything. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I, I, well, he's just our official fact checker now. Here's the thing: Anissa's been sitting in uh, in studio for the last couple of weeks, and then I finally uh, realized last week that she didn't have any headphones on, and so like she's just like sitting there with a big smile on her face and can't really hear half of what's going on so all right <laughs> happy to be here <laughs> happy to have you in here in in the room with us instead of sitting outside <laughs> so. in the cold yeah i'm like what coming every week to sit outside oh goodness what's going on here bill handstock uprocks.com with spandex once again gracing us with his presence well, thank you. It's my pleasure as always. So I got a, I got a call from Talent Relations a little while ago before we came on there. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I hung up from them, I said they they said they weren't going to give us any more guests because of something Bill said. And Bill was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, it's it's very very it was it's a great rib. You really got me. But it's 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 horrifying to me because like. My entire day, well, <laughs> most of my, my days are spent like, I have to cover this, but I have to cover it in a way that WWE will continue Walk to find with me going forward. Yeah. Like, that's what I do all day yeah. is like, are they still going to work with me after this? It's a big story that I have to cover. Like, sure. Yeah. So when yeah, you, when you really, said that, I was like, what? Yeah, she was just, she was just trying to uh, get the travel plans uh, sure. all put in place for WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Yeah, nothing more. Yeah. I wish I could say it was something having to do with the show, but it wasn't. <laughs> so, um, TK, what's going on? Beautiful, nothing. lovely TK Trinidad. Happy Valentine's Day. Yay. Excited. I don't know what you do to this flower, but it is still just... Same flower from last always. week, ladies and gentlemen. It's so, um, when I'm on TMZ, my grand, because there's a lot of black people where we stand, so my grandmother could tell me, could tell which black person this is on her granddaughter. Oh, that's your version that's of pulling story. on your earlobe. Oh, sweet. Yeah, because sometimes, like, we're, well, most of the time, we're all standing in the back there, and she's 98, so this is, like, 
Was, was, like I was just like joking around, but is that the same flower? Yeah. Where do you put it when you're not flower? wearing? Oh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> Boys. And, uh. and joining us at the big table, Sean Walkman. Hey, thank you very much, everyone. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're wondering who the guest is this week, it's me. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. That's and, right. Yeah. So there's a lot to talk about. And you have expert opinions on all of these topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to myself. <laughs> so, um, what's so, yeah. Before we get into that, um, this past week uh, was the, God, what was it? The 15th? 10th. 10th. It's been 10 years. Okay. Jeez. 10 years since uh, one of my dear friends and a dear friend of so many people that I know in wrestling, Kurt Henning, passed away. And I remember, um, I remember. That's what I thought. I'm like, ten years since since ten years since he went to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just I remember driving down Pico Boulevard here in L.A. I was living here at the time, and I got a phone call, and uh, as I'm driving down the street, the news was broke to me that they found Kurt dad in his hotel room in Tampa, Florida, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into, you know, all the details of, you know, cause of death and things like that, but, uh, um, you know, devastating, and especially with the state of mind I was in back then, I was just a mess, so when you, when you get bad news like that, it's just, you know, your ability to process it and, you know, and just deal with that, and, and the grieving process is just really, really screwed up. When you're all meffed out and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, I could. I was so uh, I was in such a bad place at the time that I I couldn't even make it to his funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was such a mess. Like, you know, I, I would have I would it would have been a distraction. I was such a mess showing up there. People would have been like, God, can you believe how X Pac looked? You know, it would have been one of those things and. Really, um, just every like think about Kurt all the time. There's always something that happens that makes my friends and I think of Kurt Henning. Mm-hmm. Um, some like okay, just like numerology wise, like the number fourteen will pop up different places, and that was Kurt's favorite, his uh, his um, lucky number that always popped up everywhere when when I was with Kurt. And I know it's silly, like some people think that stuff's silly, but I mean, there were so many synchronicities that happened with Kurt Henning. Uh, just crazy stuff that's too crazy to be coincident. I remember one time, Kurt and I, my first road trip with Kurt, and we were in Reno, Nevada, and we were at a casino, and Kurt loved to gamble. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And uh, he was great at it. So... Um, Kurt's holding court. Everyone's having a great time. He's laughing, and he's... He always played the the five dollars slots, so the highest, you know, the biggest denomination you could find. And he would do max bet, and boom, he got a freaking hit the jackpot. <laughs> the thing, the machine runs out of money. He's waiting. He's just laughing and carry on. Everyone's having a great time. And while he's waiting for him to bring money, he takes five of the uh, chips that are the five dollar. Uh, slugs and sticks them in the one right next to it. Boom! Another jackpot. Wow. <laughs> when does that happen? When does that even happen? When you're Never. Mr. Perfect. That's when yeah. it happens. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happened around Kurt Henning all the time. All the time. And uh, I could tell stories forever. Well, we got a ever, whole show. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's a whole separate show. Uh, and uh, We can have Curtis Axel on one day. I love, I've been talking to, to Joe... Curtis Axel, uh, Kurt's son. I used to go... Kurt and I, I lived upriver from Kurt. He lived on the Mississippi River. I I lived on the Rum River that emptied into the Mississippi River. And I used to joke to Kurt that, yeah, I just went out back, took a piss in the river, and it's going to be coming right by any time now. (laughs) After after Tom Zink died recently, um, you and I had this conversation, because Uproxx wants to do a big story on it eventually, but Mm -hmm. there's definitely a whole episode of your podcast to be had on Minnesota and the rest of there. Yeah, Yeah, Robin Stale High School. Um, uh, Amazing talent. Going back to the days of, uh, you know, obviously Vern Gagne. Sure. 
and 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 Kurt's dad, Larry the Axe. Minnesota and, just breeds wrestlers. So you know, I talked to I talked to Curtis Axel, Joe Henning, about having Larry the Axe on, and you know, he was going to mention it to him, and nothing ever came of it. Mm. But that would be just amazing. Yeah, because I have some incredible stories about the Axe. Yeah, you, we should we should try yeah. and get Larry on because. That would be incredible, and like not yeah. a lot. He's probably never done a podcast before. Nope. So. <laughs> so, anyways, I love you, Kurt. I miss you very much. Uh, I'm not the only one, and uh, and uh, you know you will never be forgotten. So, uh, with that being said, let's move on to some news. X Pac One Two Three Sixty Wrestling News. <laughs> So WWE announces a new inductee to the Hall of Fame, and it is Ivory. Nice, good for her. Yeah, most of the first glow girl in the Hall of Fame too. That's the thing. Uh, You know, with the with the resurgence of is that the right way to resurgence resurgence of glow and the and the you know the newfound popularity. Um, Ivory was. In the original Glow, she was the uh, Tina Ferrari. She, but she was, yeah, she was the franchise she was of the, Glow. She was the one that had yes. credibility. Yeah, she was one of the very few that actually had wrestling experience. Did she? At the time, yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Right. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure yeah. Because <laughs> there were only a couple. Yeah, that I had, just that had wrestling experience before that yeah. show, and she was one like, and, but. Regardless of her experience before the show, she was the person on Glow that you could look at and be like, that one's a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, so when, you know, when they started using the ladies more in the Attitude Era, when all that started kicking off, and obviously, you know, looking back, you know, um, maybe the use of the ladies back then, we wouldn't use them use the ladies like that these days mm-hmm. uh, but you know Ivory came in and, and she did excellent yeah you know and she she always flew under the radar never in any drama or you know yeah. any kind of stuff like that and uh, um, the, I love this stuff with the PTC you know that was yeah RTC actually, yeah the RTC yeah. stuff and uh, I was I remember uh, talking we were having a meeting or something and talking about creative stuff when it came to that and I was like I would actually I actually recommended um Val Venus for that because I you know he was always talking about politics right. and stuff like that <laughs> so that was a that was a what do you think about that about that RTC angle? RTC is amazing yeah like it, Stevie Richards you know we all know like the origin like where it started because yeah. WWE was button heads with the PTC and everything L. But, Brent Bozell but but <laughs> Just the RTC was so good, and the people that were in the RTC were so good, and like the fact that you had people like Valvinus that were subverting their characters so yeah. completely the to go father. the good father. Yes. Like you took the you took the scuzziest characters and you cleaned them up and you yeah. made them straight shooters, and that theme song was designed for just like infinite crowd heat. Yeah, but Ivory like. And she would come out with the with the dress down to her ankles, yes. right? Wouldn't yes. even show ankle skin, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. And she she was not only at a time where there were a lot of great, you know, in ring uh, women tearing it up. She was one of the people who was like holding that division down. But also, she was like the best all around performer. I think like amazing actress, amazing at you know charisma, getting people to love her or hate her. Yeah. So. She was never at a loss for words, both be, uh, on camera and, behi- and <laughs> right. behind the scenes. Right. And I remember, I I can't tell you where it was. I I made comments, but like I remember back when I was in a not not the best place and doing some shoot interview, I made negative comments towards her about being a big mouth and running her mouth and blah blah blah. And it was, you know. Uh, I wish I could take those words back, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that that I could go back and I uh, wish I, you know, and things like that, shoot interviews you do for money and, you know, um, problems that you think you have with somebody or, or that that really are problems you have with yourself, Yeah, you know, and so I think about that and, you know, if, 
if she, if she knows I said those things and, and she's listening to this, I, I sincerely apologize for that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not to take, I didn't mean to take this off into no. well, an sure apology sure. letter to Ivory, but <laughs> it made me think of that, you sure. know? Yeah. Well, an interesting thing that I, I think about Ivory is because of the RTC. She the, never did a thing, never said a word to me across <laughs> or anything. So it just bothers me that I said something like that. Yeah, just no, for we, we, just for her eyes on on a stupid on a shoot interview. Well, that, that's that's the thing is like all of us in this room have said like stuff that is dumb and that we regret and wish we could take back. The difference is that you have it on wax. Yeah, like that's the only difference. Yeah. It's like you're not any different than the rest of us. Like everyone has said really dumb, messed up stuff in the past and has trash talk someone we shouldn't have maybe not tk but most of the rest of us <laughs> and uh, we're lucky enough to not be in your position where like someone paid us to trash talk someone on, or or someone paid us to be on to be on and, yeah 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 and you were just and you, you feel know. like you have to perform sure and it, and it was a performance but it was think like and it's but it, yeah well also Whatever. like you're like what you're famous for what you've spent your whole life doing is like being a person yeah. that's not necessarily the person you are. Yeah. So, like, at what point? Like, that's another whole yeah, episode. That at was, point that that was that who I off? was then. Sure. That was who I was then, and that's the sad part, Bill. Yeah. You know? And we can only, you know, move forward or whatever. But, you know, it doesn't mean I was a bad person, but, you know. I think with time, everyone kind of realizes, like, everyone changes. Everyone was different at one point, and now they're, like, this totally different person. Because I feel like you can't stick to things that people said about you in the past when you see what kind of person that they've become afterwards, you know? And the people who don't change are the real people you really need to worry about. Man, man, if you're the same person you were 10 years ago, I got to kind of wonder about you to be 100%, you know? Yeah, like, terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the good thing about um, Ivory and where she started from and the women's movement in general beyond wrestling like you see you know the what we see the women doing now with WWE it's just an amazing thing where you've seen that progression where we are I don't want to say equal rights but we're getting to a point where what you could see women doing different things that were unheard of you know years ago so it's it's really nice to kind of almost see it full circle coming around yeah well I got a message from one of our listeners David Myers who said that he has always been a fan of you but you're persona outside of wrestling and what people say about you and how you're perceived kind of muddied that water but since listening to the podcast yeah. it's totally changed his perspective and now you're one of his favorite people I get gotten that to get sometime. to know you yeah and and, and, and and thank what's his name David Myers thank you David Myers I appreciate that it means a lot to me uh, I've, I've heard that from, from people and totally get it huh. totally get it why, why somebody might have had a you know, uh, different perspective. skewed image of me after all these years. So, um, yeah, even before like the podcast or whatever, and even when I was still not the, you know, not doing the greatest, people would meet me and go, God, you're not, <laughs> you know, anything like I thought you'd be. I thought you would be an a hole. I mean, almost everyone I've ever met, like over the years. Sure. Well, not almost everyone. That's probably being a hole. <laughs> but. So enough people to make me to make it seem like almost everyone. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. God, I thought you were gonna be an eye hole. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I can it's see funny. Why. It's funny the uh the first time I met you was at a fan thing and I was paying to get a picture with you and uh I was uh working with SB Nation at the time. Oh yeah? Yeah, and when I got up to you I gave you my I tried to give you my card and I was like, you know, we'd love to book you on a podcast sometime. And what and did you, I say? You said, I don't do podcasts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when That's was awesome. It's um, like about two months ago. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would have either been uh, Mania 31 or 30, 32. Which one 32. was that? It was Dallas. Dallas, okay. Yeah, so right before you started the show. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think I, I must. I think, <laughs> it's crazy. I think I must have had a uh, bad, bad experience. You talked about it. Yeah, you were like, I don't, I don't do podcasts anymore. I, you know, I, I get on people's podcasts. It's not what they told me. It's not what they tell me it was going to be, and it ends up being something weird. And then people take my words a lot of context. I was like, cool. That's why you have your color? own podcast yeah, exactly. now. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it does happen. You know, like it, it does happen for people, people trying to, you know, and, and. 
you know, we try to make headlines and that that uh, that grab the people's attention, and sometimes we go a little too far with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we as in people in general that yeah are they're doing these types of things. Well, I yeah. mean, there's it's it's the media where it's, it's yeah. so we have so many podcasts, so many TV shows, so many radio shows, all this other stuff, and people want to grab the attention. So you know, the the most outlandish ones they want to get it out yeah. there in order to more eyeballs on it. So. God, I get so, like, honestly, man, like, sometimes I, I go online and I I get really sick of myself. Like, Sean Waltman, the Sean Waltman's take on such and such. I'm like, oh, God, enough Sean Waltman. <laughs> Jesus. Never enough Sean Waltman. But that's how, I mean, you, you know where I'm coming from, though? Like, I mean, have you ever just had enough of yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, this, but see, this is the good thing, though, because you, you have such a story to tell and you're such a great platform. And I, you know, of working with you for, you know, months, years. Well, it's been a minute now. Yeah, it's been a minute. Working with you, you know, you, you, you have a beautiful personality. So it's really... <laughs> so when people, you know, it's even though you might get sick of yourself, some people don't. You know, they would love to hang around with you and you know be with you on a regular basis, and they and they can't. So you might get sick of yourself, but there's a lot of people who don't. So you know, I'm doing it just for them. <laughs> I feel like that was the perfect uh, the thing that you did was the perfect like Valentine's gift or gif, whatever you call them. Yeah. Like I, we should get a clip of you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't people worry, that yeah, only the people are, that are watching this can appreciate. <laughs> well, Mark's making it so you can put it on your social media and Twitter. Yeah, okay. that's perfect. Hmm. All right, so where were we? Moving on. Yeah. So uh, WWE superstar gets a new contract as and is in a fatal five way. So Dolph Ziggler, we, we haven't seen him in, I believe it was seven weeks, so he left his belt on the table. Nobody knew what was on the or in the ring, I should say. Nobody knew what was going to happen. He reappeared. Apparently, he got more money. He got, got a new contract where he can um, leave after um, the event. And so after he's done wrestling, he can leave after that. He can actually do different appearances on, you know, stuff that doesn't compete with mm. his, um, his show dates. Okay. So let's talk about the... The fact that he had to put this clause in there that said he could leave before the show was over. Yep. That's the one that made me chuckle. It's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, well, because... And, and here's the thing. At one point, people were... That, that really should be sticking around to watch the show because they need to get there, you know? Mm-hmm. They, aren't re- they aren't nearly good enough. Uh... You know, to be just going and, and and doing their job, and then just saying, ah, "Okay, I'm out of here." Like, sit around and watch, mm-hmm. and and pay attention, you know. And and so, so many people are just leaving that that should have stayed and and watched that they just made this blanket policy that everyone has to stay till the end of the show. And I get that. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, there, you know, I understand where we're. Dolph Ziggler's coming from. Like, if, if you know, if you really don't need to be there, you know, like, ugh. Well, it's know. a seniority thing. Like, I mean... It, yeah, it, there's it, tenure involved yeah. there. Like, I, I, yeah, exactly. So there are people that don't have yeah. to stay. I'm pretty sure that, like, if Johnson Roman... Are... Well, I don't know about R- Roman Reigns, because I think he stays till the end, mm-hmm. honestly. Probably. To this day, yes. But I think it shows support. To, so, I mean, this also happens in a lot of other sports. So it also shows, so shows support that you're staying around to watch. Because there's nothing worse than you have, you know, your last event and you get backstage and there's nobody actually, like, saw it. Like, yeah. the people that, you know, your your um, peers. Your peers. So I definitely see that. But you, you have to appreciate the fact that mm-hmm. he's put in his time. Yep. So somebody who just came in, if they start complaining, then they need to, you yeah. know, go and get their life because it's not... They need exactly, to and and here's the other thing too. It's like you're talking about the people that are on at the end of the show. And those people like that are the people that are on at the end of the show are usually people that are the ones putting the asses in seats, mm-hmm. and they're out there doing their thing. And uh, a lot of people would use that as their time to scoot out of the building. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, to beat the traffic, and that'd be nice. It's nice, like you know, okay, beat the traffic, but. You know, John Cena and these guys aren't beating the traffic, and they're there every, you know, because I was that person. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was no John Cena, but I was in Degeneration X and NWO, and, and 
in main events every single night. Mm-hmm. TV main events, every, like main events everywhere and every week. And we were always the last ones in the building. Right. So it kind of rubs you the wrong way when you see other people just skating <laughs> out the back door. Sure. Well, so, but you, what? Go ahead. Well, wouldn't you want to stay till the end to see what are they doing that they're the main event, and what do I need to do to be that main event? See, that's exactly that would that's exactly the point of, of why the policy was put in place because like you would think that people would, but apparently they didn't think yeah. they needed to. They're more concerned about getting to the next yeah. town and eating and getting yeah. their hotel than. Yeah. No, I have to see what Cena it, does if he does anything different. It also it also puts everyone on an even playing field. That's right. Because like it it doesn't allow the, the big names to leave early, and it also doesn't create an atmosphere where it's like everyone important stay. Kurt Hawkins, it's cool if you leave. Like yep. hey, <laughs> Kurt Hawkins is the man. Well, I know. Here's what, I happened, know too. Here's what <laughs> happened too. Like we start like we show up. A couple hours late for TV sometimes, and we get, you know, like somebody give a shit or whatever. And and so I remember one time, one of us, I, I can't remember who. I, I It wasn't me. It might have been Paul, or I, I, I don't even know. It could have been Kev or somebody. That when people were complaining about us being late, it was like, all right, then if you're going to complain about us showing up later, then how about, you, you know, if we have to get here at the same time as you, then you have to leave at the same time as us. Right. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Sure. Probably didn't make sense to them though. But in WCW, like everyone was leaving after their matches, right? Oh yeah. Let's <laughs> just see it. I remember one time I showed up and I saw white coats there and I left before my match. <laughs> white coats are the ones that do the drug tests. Okay. It's like um, orderlies? Who needed yeah. orderlies in WCW? <laughs> I thought you meant like the guys with the net. You know, like, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> well, I think honestly that in this day and age, you know, everybody's brand is so important that you have to like work at just not having like one facet of where you're promoting yourself. You have to have multiple facets. And in this way, I do think that separate from the clause where he could leave early, I think that this is very good for Dolph Ziggler because he now gets to, you know, do his comedy stuff, do all this other stuff that he's interested in. So now, therefore, growing his brand, which is, you know, good for him, you know, yes. to do. So that's that's the exciting part um, for me. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about the whole clause thing just because for me personally, I would think it's like a respect thing to stay for the rest of the show and, you know, see the show because, you know, you're not only working for the show, you're representing the show yeah. and you're representing the company and therefore kind of, you know, respecting it. That's yeah. the way I, I see it. I think at this point, probably everyone who's worked with Dolph Ziggler for a while knows that Dolph doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And, and the thing, too, if he leaves and he's going to, like, a comedy show, like, just just in anything, if somebody's leaving and you see them leave early, but then you see on their social media they're going, they're going to do something else, or I can respect that. Whether they're leaving and they're posting, you know, a picture of them in the bed in the hotel, it's like, Play okay. a PlayStation 4. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> okay, I mean, I get that's exciting. Well, but. that, that dovetails with, you know, like, there's a lot of uh, veterans who uh, complain that this current generation of young wrestlers in WWE, like, since everyone has to stick around till the end of the show, there aren't as many people as there used to be, you know, in your era or, or after that, mm-hmm. going up to the veterans and asking, sitting under their learning tree. They're mostly just hanging out on their phones after the the after they wrestle for the rest of the show. Yeah. So, but like, how how does that how does that align with you know, like, one, what's your take on that? But two, like. How does that align with like what Dolph's doing? Because like it's sort of the difference between like Dolph getting to leave early and Dolph just like also being bored on his phone. Hmm. I don't know. Huh. I mean, in, in your experience, is Dolph the kind of guy who wants other people to sit under his learning tree? Is he the kind of person who? Will I sit never. Under other people? Here's the thing about Dolph, and he's great. Whatever. Sure. Uh, um, no, no question about that. Talent wise. I never heard anyone say that he was that guy that you go to for advice or like, you know what I mean? Not that he's not, or not that he doesn't have, you know, that to offer, but sure. I just have never heard that about him. Yeah, I've never heard that about him either. But you know, like, and I honestly don't know who that would be there. That's actually active roster people. Well, that was, that was going to be my next question is like, Jericho's put it in his books. You've talked about it. Mm-hmm. You were the guy. You were Vince's yeah. guy that when people would come in that didn't have WWE experience, you were Vince's handpicked guy, work with Pac because he knows what I want. Yep. He knows the style we do. 
Who do you think that guy is now? In the I don't know who it is. I don't even know if they have a guy. Hmm. I really don't. Can you? I mean, if you were just by, you know, uh, just by observing, like, is, can can you see anyone that you think it might be? Because I, I, I really don't. I mean, other than Cena, who is exactly what they want. Like, not everyone gets to work with Cena. Yeah, I mean, you know, but for. But the difference, obvi- there's obvious differences sure. between Cena and sure, I. Sure, sure, sure. And one of them is that I was the guy that help, could help elevate that person to <coughs> sure, work with a, sure, a John sure. Cena. I would say, uh, I would I would guess probably someone like Rollins or Ziggler, maybe. Maybe Ziggler's that guy mm-hmm. that, no, he's I not. mean, he doesn't he doesn't have the burden now. He's no. just not. No. So, but isn't that, the, in that time, they didn't have, because NXT seems like it has, like, the, the center has, seems like it's set up that even if you are on the current roster, you can go there for sure. whatever. So, isn't that... What that's set up to be like if you want you know ring skills or mic skills or stuff it's there for you to go sure but if you're already on the main roster you're already on the road four days a week you're not going to spend or five days a week unless you're out with an injury and you're going there to rehab your injury you know who the guy might be it might be Miz yeah Uh, because I mean he does everything great he does everything perfect and he makes everyone look like a million bucks all the time so and maybe there just isn't that guy maybe it's just you know uh I, I, I don't know. I Maybe there just isn't to me right now there. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I know they've used certain people that, like, yeah, anyways, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but we were, we, were, we were talking about, you know, before the show started, we were talking about Dolph yeah. and uh, how he's in a situation where he's been, for several years now, been talking about, um, I don't really have anything left to do in WWE. I'm unhappy with it. I'm bored with it. I'm probably going to leave when my contract's up. And now we've gone through two contract cycles of him talking about this, being like, talking about being unhappy, talking about being unfulfilled. And then he resigns because they offer him more money. The thing about this is, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Please. This contract, no matter what you put in that contract, you you can't put, like, uh, creative satisfaction in there. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. You can't put creative satisfaction into words in a contract. Sure. And if that's not there, I, I find it hard to believe that anything else in that contract can make him happy. Well, we talked about this when Neville left. Yeah. About how there's no replacement for being creatively fulfilled, yep. no matter what your replacement is, no matter how much money you're making, no matter how, how big your exposure is. There's no replacement for that. So, in your mind, Hearing Dolph talk about this so much, but still staying with the company, what does that say to you? Mm. I just think that uh, they made him an uh, you know good enough offer, I guess. <laughs> so for Dolph, there is a, a replacement for being <clears throat> creatively unfulfilled. I, I you, ha- I mean, I just think that maybe he had these, you know, he had no way out the. What he thought were the best, you know, like to to plan for your future. Maybe he figures I'll suck it up now, <laughs> sure, you know, and and get a, and stack more paper, <laughs> and then I can, you know, I can feel free later on to, you know, uh, do the things that make me happy. Yeah, it could be like he's um, getting that smooth transition where he's making those contacts. Um, where he wasn't able to as far as different events when he was on the last mm. contract. So it's, there's nothing better than having a nice, well-planned exit than being forced or fired. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, the, the people who have the opportunity to do that and move on to something else that they really love is way better than, you know, waking up one day and now you don't have a contract or, you know, you don't have the money to do that. So it seem, it, it, if he's that type of person, it seems like he's prepping himself that, you know, one day it's going to end or one day he's going to say no to the contract and... He's going to do all this comedy stuff. He has all that stuff kind of lined up. Yeah. Well, maybe think, that's oh, uh, maybe okay. that's his creative fulfillment is now being able to leave and do comedy and figure out a way to not throw his body at the ground to make money. Mm-hmm. And that's his next step is like, okay, when this contract ends, I'm not going to resign because I'm not going to do wrestling anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a TV host. I'm going to be a movie star. I'm going to do something where I don't have to take bumps anymore. 
And it's gonna be a political could, pundit. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Maybe, maybe that could also be what fulfills him creatively is doing the comedy, doing the entertainment, so that he can come back around and go, you know what? I'm reinvigorated. I want to stick to wrestling now that I've had this moment to get what I need to get out. No, maybe. Well, yeah, I was actually gonna agree with you. That I was gonna mention that that that's why that little that clause where he can you know go out and do his own stuff. That's where he's getting, like you said, the creative fulfillment versus maybe not get it in, getting it in the main roster. And I also feel like you have to compare and like see other people that have left WWE. You know, like for example, you have Cody who went out there and started busting his butt. You know, getting all of this stuff. You know, that's a lot of hard work. And then you have you know Ryback who's charging like a larger amount, therefore isn't getting very many works. So you kind of have to find that in between. And I feel like that's kind of what Dolph Ziggler did, but in a different way with this contract is where he's getting a little bit of, I guess, eating his, getting his cake and eating it too in a, in a sort of sure. different way. But Dolph is definitely closer to Cody in that respect than to Ryback. Oh, yeah. Where, like, if, if Dolph left, if, his, if he let, let his contract run out, he could write his own way on the indies because – the hardcore Dolph Ziggler fans want to see him in good matches yeah. and want to see him in dream matches all over the world. Yeah. So uh, about that, it's it's really it's there's a, there's a certain amount of fear that comes with leaving that company and and, and going out on your own because you you have to bet on yourself and you have to be all in. And trust no, me, I I know that I know from talking to many many people that have been in that situation and it was scary for them even the ones where it paid off big time it was still a scary thing you know to go out on your own and and like i said you're betting you're putting all the money on yourself you know and uh and it's if you fail it's no one's you know you can't blame it on anyone else and uh and uh, so a lot of guys you know maybe that might have played into into you know uh, Ziggler's decision. You know he might have just you know there's a little bit of self doubt actually that seeps through in those excuse me I spit all over the place <laughs> that seeps through in, the, in those situations man it can get the best it can it can whisper in the ear the best of us you mm-hmm. know hey maybe maybe you're gonna fail maybe you'll fall flat on your face yeah. well maybe you will but how are you gonna know. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Um, yes. And then we can how, talk about that <laughs> some other time. How does the, the indies work if you were in that position? Would you then go and contact that, or promo- would promoters contact you, or it just depends on what level? Half and I, half. Think, I think it depends on what kind of wrestler you are. Like, yeah. when Chris Hero was released, he was on the phone yeah. getting yeah. bookings to yeah. where, like, the next day he was on shows. Yeah. Sure. Cole Cabana... He got fired on a Thursday, Friday night. He was at PWG. Yeah, I was there. Like <laughs> Kurt Hawkins too. Like yeah. the, was... the indie wrestlers that have that mentality. Like, okay, I'm I'm gone. I need to get eight by tens. I need to get merch made. Yeah. I need to have my booking set up. Well, mm-hmm. here's the thing, though. Um, you know, uh, talking to Austin Aries, you know, and he's a very confident in himself. Oh, and, definitely. And, and has a lot of self confidence and knows very well. You know, well, his you work. would think <laughs> his work. But even he said, man, I started to wonder at first, mm-hmm. you know, like how this was going to turn out. And I was telling him all the time, oh, you're going to be fine. Trust me. But when you're that person and you have this stuff on the line, you know, financial, sure. like mm-hmm. you got a big nut every month you got to uh, you got to make. So, uh, yeah, man, it's easy for me to say. Yeah. Geez, well, Lula. Like, yeah, there, there are other guys like, like Hero and, and Cabana and uh, Danielson uh, when he got released, like they – because they came from the indie scene, so they knew exactly who, which like six yeah. people to call when yeah. they got released. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to call Dragon, I'm going to call Gabe, I'm going to yeah. call you know, I'm going to call Hunter, you know, like so uh, they they th- those are the people on the indie scene. Like Dolph never really was on the indie scene, but luckily his brother is very much on the indie scene. Oh yeah, I worked so, with him at Bar Hot Young Briley is Briley. killing yeah. it. So Dolph would just either say to Ryan like, let everyone know I'm available, or who should I call first? So he has these connected in that way. And he's the kind of guy that as soon as you hear rumblings of yeah. like he's about yeah. to be on his way out, tons of people are lining I, up to book him. There's no way that when the the word came out that his contract was getting close to being done, that like the New Japan front office didn't contact him, that ROH didn't contact him. Like hmm. there, He probably knew exactly the lay of the land for when his contract was running out. Maybe that's why... He resigned. resigned. So he wasn't a. Uh, he didn't do indies. 
prior to WWE. Not really. He so that would make it a little. Blood. That would that would make it more. Uh, he did the OVW. So like he did okay. the old developmental yeah. stuff. That's but, different from being out there and, and you know. <laughs> Hustling your own merch yeah, hustling and the anything. your own way. And <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it would it it would make sense that it would be really foreign to him to think about, like, how that would work if yeah, he's he, never uh, experienced it before. He started with OVW in 2004 uh, on a developmental contract um, after being a, a the most wrestler, winningest wrestler, <laughs> wrestler at Kent State. Kent State. Um, and, yeah, and he's been there ever since. Because so, it was Kerwin White's uh, caddy. caddy. Yeah. Kent State were the National Guard. Yeah. Yep. Shot the flower children. <laughs> yep. Now, here's the thing. if um, they, You're saying like the last two contracts, it's kind of like he's just going to see what happens running out. And um, it seems like obvious that he's just over it at the moment. Why would WWE sign him again if they know that this is... Because they to don't keep want him, him to go going somewhere else. Yeah. There's that, but there's also because what what I had read from the reports that came out... The, the reason they're keeping him around, they're not promising anything to him this time. They're not saying, like, oh, well, you're going to give you another shot, run on top or anything. They're keeping him because he has value as, here's a guy everyone knows that is a former world champion that we can use to get new people over. Like, he can be a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's value in that. Yes, there's there absolutely is. value in that. That's right. Because you can never take away that he was a WWE champion. Yeah. Never take that. He's like a way more credit. Like not. I was there when he won it. Yeah, he's like what Rick Martel was, you know, or, or people like that from from that era of like, here are guys that you know are legit, or Tito Santana. Yeah. Here are guys with a legit pedigree that have been around forever that you know, and beating them is a, sh- a show that there's something to this person. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wishing Dolph the best. I'm a fan of Dolph Ziggler, yeah. personally and professionally. If not, the entire Spirit Squad will be at Bar Wrestling next week, so maybe he'll show up. <laughs> really? Yeah. Was, so Ken Doan will be there? Yeah. yeah. Kenny Dykstra. I worked with Ken. He was excellent to work with. And uh, Mikey Mondo, right? Yeah. All I think all of them except for Ziggler. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I wonder if Riley is going to don the Spirit Squad. <laughs> Hopefully. Why not? It should. And then so. Eli Drake's going to be at the March 9th one, right? There's a ton of people that are going to yeah. be at that one. All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this wrestling show gets a new location and a new set. This is courtesy of uprocks.com, so I'll let uh, Bill, Bill take up, it away. Everybody? Yeah, so uh, those of you who have been watching Lucha Underground for the past three seasons, uh, and it's great, I don't know why you wouldn't watch it, uh, it was at the Temple in Boyle Heights. Uh, it was a very recognizable location, but the end of season three, if you haven't watched it yet, no spoilers, but some things happened, and the Temple's no longer the location, so... They've moved out of Boyle Heights. They're into downtown L.A. now. They're in an all-new location with an all-new set, an all-new temple. Uh, it is in a former cold storage warehouse. You can go to uprocks.com with spandex.com for the full story and the exclusive pictures. Uh, and tickets for season four are going to be uh, distributed the same way that they were last the last three seasons where they'll open it up for RSVPs on their website and you respond, and the tickets are free, uh, but they're already all gone for the first set of tapings, which is 23, 24, and 25 of February next weekend. Uh, and, yeah, get on, get in on it, because uh, it's going to run maybe five weeks, because they're doing three tapings per per taping week this time, as opposed to just two last time. So you're, you're going to have a limited uh, window of opportunity to go see Lucha Underground Season 4. Cool. Anyone want to get in on this? I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, how their roster develops over this next season because, you know, you might have new AAA guys. You might have people that are going to be written off the show because they did say that they were going to let people go from their contracts. So I think that over with this new season, it's going to be pretty exciting to see what changes are being made, who's Mm -hmm. new, who's leaving, so on and so forth. I'm curious to see what kind of vignettes they Mm -hmm. shoot because the temple was such a big part of that show. Dario's office. Just using that entire venue yeah. for what they could do, so I'm curious to see how their vignettes are going to look and how different it's going to be. But it's going to be amazing. You know who they reached out to ask to be a part of the who? season coming up? Me. Really? Yep, they did. They wanted me to. Uh, they reached out. It's it's God. What's it been now? I can't remember. It's probably been a month now, hmm. or maybe a little longer ago. And uh, so uh, I was down to do it. I, you know, it was really considering it. We didn't get, you know, into like, hey, how much money or anything like that. Uh, 
the 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 thing that uh, threw the monkey wrench in it was that I'm under uh, uh, Legends contract with WWE. Oh. So, however, I mean that was a problem for them, uh. for Lucha Underground apparently, because you know when they reached out to me, um, the first thing I did was contact Hunter and you know run it all by him and ask him if there's any heat. Mm-hmm. You know, if did he said absolutely no, absolutely no heat at all. Mm-hmm. Just be careful, you know that they, you know, their contracts can be really, right, right, right. you know, mm-hmm. uh, the fine print. Yeah, you know how their contracts are. We yeah. we don't have to go into that. Uh, you know, they tie you up for, right. and they were. That's the only thing they were concerned about. And sure. uh, and uh, I forget what else he said, but anyways, he just had full blessing to go do it. But they were, they backed out. Huh. We no, nothing ever else. Nothing else ever came of it. Do you know what kind of role you were gonna play, or? Um, it was an in-ring situation. I can't remember exactly what it was. It wasn't an in-ring. It was. Oh, it was an in-ring <laughs> yeah. situation. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what I would do with them? What? I put them with Worldwide Underground. That would have been great. As oh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Mundo's crew. Yeah. Him, yeah. Taya, Jack yeah. Evans, and, and then DJ we could Black. have uh, Ricky Mandel do a fake X-Pac fake instead, X-Pac of, a instead, fake instead of fake Mundo. Mundo. Oh, man. That sounds well, Ricky awesome. Mandel. Be Ekis Pac. Ekis Pac, yeah. That's what I used to be called. Exy. People used to ask me, my, ask me my wrestling name, and I'd have to go Ekis Pac when I lived in Mexico. <laughs> Mexico, I mean. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Denise. It's okay. But yeah, there's, there's, the roster's going to look real different this year. Prince Puma is uh, helping El Generico and Tijuana with this orphanage. and I don't know who I was talking to this about, but because Lucha Underground has time-traveling people and all, yes. it'd be great if Aerostar goes back in time and gets like young Prince Puma and they mm. find like a kid to play young oh, Prince awesome. Puma and wrestles <laughs> in the temple as huh. like young... Because you can do that. That's what's so cool about Lucha yeah. Underground. You can do anything. They just blew the barriers down of like okay we have undead wizards and we have dragons that breathe fire and we have lizard people like yeah this is wrestling yeah. or he could travel travel to the future and get Elijo de Prince Puma mm. yes Prince I think the they should go back to the year 2002 and get the new breed Sean yeah. Royal and Chris Champion nice. some people are going who uh, were they in TNA right WCW oh, okay. NWA okay Florida guys they were uh, Chris Champion was a Malenko guy so we all came from the same school. Anyways, what else is going on? Turns out these two WWE personalities are not beefing. <laughs> so I was happy to hear this, but it was also kind of sad because I was, you know, on bandwagon. Um, so, you wanted uh, someone to throw hands. Yeah, I know, right? So, uh, <laughs> so Corey Graves went on Booker T's um, <laughs> podcast, Heated Conversations, and they let it be known that it was all like a joke. They, It was totally, they're working us over. Um, they had no beef against each other because apparently the last two or two two weeks or so, it was you know Corey was saying stuff about Booker and Booker said something about Corey and they were going back and forth. We thought everybody thought it was serious, but they were laughing on their podcast apparently at us. So it's not it's not. A thing. I you know the thing that gets me is how, like how people get upset that they were worked by by this. So what? Yeah. I, so what? Like, like, enjoy being worked. Enjoy being worked. It doesn't have. It's not that easy to do to people these days. So if you get worked, just enjoy it. Don't go. Oh, don't feel foolish. Like, oh, because there's nothing to feel foolish about. I don't feel foolish. I just feel like I think I I think that's the thing. I wanted. Well, I didn't want them to beat each other up, but I kind of wanted. It it was such a good. It was such a good job that I believe that was going to happen, and I believe that eventually WWE would have used that. You know, There's you were more invested do. in the storyline because you thought it had a hint of realness. Yeah. To yes. It. So. No. Yeah, and if you don't, if you get upset about being worked, why are you a wrestling fan anyway? Why are you uh, but, but a lot of it's the wrestling journalist. Honestly. <laughs> no, I know. Because I have, I got messages <laughs> from a few of them. Hey, did you know? Did you think this was? Because they're trying. You know, they don't want to. They don't want to be fooled. Oh, I knew the whole time. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed I it. I just like I, just, I wish they would have kept it going. The only thing that like I my my thing was is that like if it was like a there is no real like to what end what what would yeah. would it be except for just to amuse themselves. Do you think that there's any? That's chance... fine. Just to amuse themselves is just fine. Do you think there's any chance that like once it got to the two week mark and people were still talking about it, WWE was like, you guys gotta. Maybe it could be a distraction. Yeah. 
You know, especially since there's no like, money. Because, like, maybe they were planning on keeping it going on all the way until WrestleMania mm-hmm. weekend, and they're going to do a photo op together or something. Like, and they put them both on the preview panel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been. And it, it's, start, and it it's, starts the kickoff for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Like, they fight see, I would have actually loved ring. that. Yeah, I would have gotten that. I just that. knew there was never going to be any chance of any physicality. And, I, and the reason why I knew, like, uh, pretty much knew that, there was some there was some work worky workington going on here is because you know booker yeah he came you know he his background we know you know he came from he's been in prison and all that and they handle things different in prison but mm-hmm. booker's been out of prison a long long time and he knows how to t- you know he knows um he handles himself well he knows he, he doesn't have to Resort to fisticuffs over something like that. That's why I knew. It's like, come on, man, really? Well, that's talking about it, fighting over yeah. something like this. I, I just you outside. <laughs> well, this one made it so believable. I guess because um, I, I already said before that I like Booker better than, than Coach, but I, I'm gonna let Coach grow on me. But I feel <laughs> like, like it makes a difference. I feel like I guess because I did watch, like I saw, I watched, I think the documentary about him and like saw the history. Yeah. It feel, it felt like one. You know, you're you're disrespecting somebody who's been in the game for a while. Like it was just more of a yep. overall thing. So y- y- it it worked out. But Plus, oh, just the thought of like, okay, and, and I've never seen Corey Graves in a fight. I but <laughs> I don't think it would turn out very well oh, for no. him. Not at all. You know, Booker T in a fight. I wasn't there, but you know, he beat the crap out of Batista <laughs> in the dressing room. And it was, Batista started it. So, yeah. Anyways. Moving on. (laughs) Mind you, sorry, that was, that was before Batista became an MMA fighter, so he might have done better later, later on down the road. Ah, Speaking of MMA, uh, another UFC fighter might go up against uh, Mayweather. Um, So on the Joe Rogan uh, Experience, the podcast, um, so I think maybe about two weeks ago, Mayweather did this little video about him going into the UFC octagon. So there's been, you know, talks about him and McGregor going up against each other. Joe Joe Rogan thinks that Mayweather and CM Punk would be a good matchup in the UFC. Excellent matchup. Excellent matchup because the experience level. Oh, in the UFC. Yes. Okay. Because of the experience level uh, of of both guys, I just think it makes all kinds of sense. It's it's they both have limited. Well, Mayweather got zero experience in the <laughs> octagon, but he does obviously have tons of experience in fighting. Yeah. You know, uh, um, so there would be similar experience levels and really big. Uh, uh, Name value on each side on, with each oh, guy. Oh yeah, talk about talking Huge. people into the building Huge. right there. Whew. It'll be a good Huge. one, but I don't. Ugh, I'm tired yeah. of. I, 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 he just needs to. I understand why he's doing it, and this is you know his thing. But it just feels like he has all these other businesses going, and it just he needs to do stuff like he's. I feel like he gets into UFC and he loses. Of course, it won't affect his boxing numbers or his yeah. career, but you're gonna remember. Like that last part of his. Well, career. apparently, I, from what I from what I gather, he didn't get nearly the uh, the payoff from the from the Conor McGregor uh, fight once Showtime took their their Chunk. money. So I think he needs some more cash. Oh really? Yes. You walk around that with a million dollars in cash though. at all times. That's, like, that's why he needs more cash because he <laughs> spends it like it's going yeah. out of style. I don't know. To me, this the the Floyd Mayweather CM Punk thing just seems like so far fetched to me. Like I don't like. Granted, the name value is there, but for it to actually happen, just seems like I would have to like see it announced in front of my face to believe it. Just because like separate weight classes, I don't see Floyd going into the to an MMA ring. I, I just I don't see it happening until it, it unless it were to happen. I would have to see it like. Oh, I totally see it I mean, two and a half years ago, three and a half years ago, Mayweather and McGregor was uh, just a talk. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was the biggest thing. They they did it masterfully, meaning that they just left these crumbs. I don't know if they did it on purpose or whatever, but they left enough crumbs for two years that it built up where everybody wanted to see it. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it again, um, past him because Mayweather stays in shape. Like, he never is not out of shape. And I think because he's had this record, he's been in the game for so long, he thinks that he can do anything, which kind of happens to being an athlete. So he might do it. I don't think he should, but, you know, 
Relax. I wonder if he's been training. Uh, do you think that word would have gotten out if he's been doing any grappling or mixed MMA training? Just like training without yeah. like yeah, eight I, o- or ten ounce gloves. No, just training, just MMA doing training. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, but even like something so certain, like in your MMA training, are you just practicing? Oh, we're just doing takedowns yeah. today or ground today, or like you legit like take off your gloves, put on these UFC gloves. How does that feel? Do your normal punches with these. How does that feel? Yeah, the thing like, about Mayweather is like he's so he's so rich and he's so famous that nothing gets out that he doesn't want to get out. Like the dude could have a, a regulation octagon built in his house and bring people into his mansion to like roll in private. No. But like if he doesn't want people to know that he's rolling, like he would go out to Ronda's gym and roll around in Glendale if he wanted people to know that he's training him. It'd be training. funny if he went and trained with the guy that beat Punk. Yes, that would, that would be Mickey Gall. Yeah, people people gave him crap for getting beat by Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall is a badass. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Turns out he's a hell of a fighter. So I, I, I don't I I think that like if Punk and Mayweather fought, Mayweather would probably catch Punk with a he might with a right hook. That's the thing. That's why I'm that's why I'm saying that that I am interested in seeing that. Yeah, I would love to see the height difference. Mayweather's small. Yeah, yeah he, he is. is. He's yeah. tiny. But what you said about breadcrumbs makes me think of Brock Lesnar and Undertaker when Brock <laughs> lost his fight at UFC and was walking past Undertaker yeah. in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. You want to do this now? And that was just like the little thing yeah. that led up to ending the streak. So Yeah, well, they were going to do that. like, and They were making this big assumption that Brock was going to beat Cain Velasquez that night. Oh, is right? that why Taker was in the crowd for that? Yeah. There was this assumption, okay, then, okay, you're going to get the win, and then we're going to shoot this angle. Except for he didn't get the win. Yeah. You know? So, uh, apparently, Mayweather <coughs> is 5'8", which I don't believe, but uh, and CM Punk is 6'2". He's not. He's, no, he's six not. foot. Six foot. Yeah. Six foot. So it's more like a 5'7 <laughs> and a 6 foot, then, it sounds like. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Because, I mean... The, they, they've got... When Punk's in fighting shape, he's got like 40 pounds on Mayweather... In fighting shape? Well, when he's in, you when he's cut weight to fight at his weight class in the octagon. What's 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 cut? What's what's Punk Mayweather? fights at one eighty five, one seventy six, or what? Mayweather's one forty, right? Yeah, one forty. Mayweather thought, Punk like one seventy five. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's yeah. Like, I think Mayweather would would come up. up weight. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not like he's. I mean, he's fought in different weight divisions. Yeah, that's true. So anyway. That means it's time to move on to the next. Are we out of things to talk about? Well, we're never out of Holy things to talk about. Holy crap! We run. We got to the end of the road. I mean, <laughs> New Japan announced Liger versus. Rey That's Mysterio. right. I knew there was something. There's we another were person missing. that wasn't coming back to Lucha Underground season four. <laughs> talk about since Ray's left, Lucha showed up in the Rumble. He's done so much. He looks amazing. Now he's yeah. making his debut in New Japan. Yeah. This is going to be so awesome. Yeah. And when, when he, uh, no one moved the needle more than uh, Rey, Rey Mysterio as far as people that made their special appearances at the Royal Rumble. I don't care who it is. If you look at social media, like like uh, like YouTube clips over that, like in the first day, like uh, Rey Mysterio's like clip had 10 million views. Yeah. It was incredible. It had more views too than the Ronda Rousey debut on YouTube and stuff and I like heard that. People go, yeah, well, Ronda, it's different because Ronda's publicity was spread out over these different things, and the and the numbers don't add. I think that was like spin on trying to, you know, trying down. to take away the fact. Yeah, that yeah. it really was got all the attention for YouTube. At least when I saw it, it was a pretty drastic difference. Yeah. I was actually a little surprised. I thought they would be a little bit more similar, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh wow, okay. But I mean, yeah, right, Mysterio. <laughs> great when he came into the rumble it was incredible i think people were expecting him to be a little slower or whatever they expected him he came in that. and he was like shroom yeah. it was great and he looked amazing he yeah looked it was like in great WWE shape and his right. gear was was really so good. Good. going to the tights is like the best thing i could have possibly imagined because he's been wearing those big baggy shorts for so long Ugh. the yeah. big pleather pants yeah. The, the front roll-up pants i hate those yeah so yeah good. just that style or that's to me Okay, the indie wrestler starter kit is a pair of those plastic garbage bag looking pants and some kick pads and what else? There's got to be one other thing for the starter the kit. The flame singlet? Maybe, like I don't the, know. The t-shirt? Like the... The, the cut sleeve shirt? Yeah. yeah. 
right. the Mike Quackenbush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the black T-shirt. I think people got um, more for Ray because they know what he can do. He's been there for a long time with Rhonda. We don't know what she could. That's my personal. We, we don't know what she could do. We obviously, know she's a great fighter, but we don't know if she's going to translate well into WWE. So. Well, and what were you clicking to share? Look at her point at the sign, or look at him come out yeah. and hit the six one nine, and look at the shape he's in. Look at him exchange with Adam Cole and the Miz and. Man, wouldn't it be cool if he was back in WWE? How yeah. many great matches they could have. And then you look know? at her smirk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait, she's wearing Roddy Piper's jacket. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, just for a point of contention, Rey Mysterio's clip is currently at about 13 million, whereas Ronda's is just below 2 million. Which, that's still huge. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. And it's, yeah. a huge, a hu uh, it's a huge disparity between the two, but I think everybody... I agree with everybody has been saying about Ray and, and this new gear and this new look and his new. I'm so excited for him and Liger. Oh <laughs> and, my and god! And the, the difference is that that YouTube clip for Ray is where you can see that YouTube clip. Ronda appearing at the Rumble was on every website. Every exactly. That's the difference, right? Yeah. So like that. I'm. So like really overall, like the the it might have been a lot closer than yeah. than than we can tell. Yeah. You know, but like taking away, like comparing it to anything, to anybody else's numbers, incredible. Mm -hmm. 10, 13 million, however yeah, many of that that amazing. have watched that. Incredible. So, anyways, um, uh, we're going to have a hell of a guest next week. I'm hoping it's going to be next week. We got, we, I mean, he was going to be this week, but uh, there's a couple of things that we're trying to get uh, squared away with the show yeah. to make sure it's. Uh, seen and heard by the, by the most amount of people possible. Yeah. So. But we can't make any promises. No. Yeah. HBK. <coughs> we don't want to break <laughs> any hearts by saying who's going to be here right. next no week. Heart, no, it's Valentine's hearts. Day at yeah. all. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> Anything? Let's get all the pleasantries out of the way real quick. Well, first, I want to thank uh, one of our fans, Kurt. He sent us his really heartfelt email about how much this podcast has helped him in his life. and Kurt Johansson. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kurt yeah. Johansson. I read that. Yeah, mm -hmm. amazing. I, I, that really. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I hear you, Kurt, and uh, I'm very grateful uh, for for your email, uh, and uh, hey, I can relate to your struggles, man. Obviously, you know that, and uh, and keep on doing what you're doing, man, and keep listening, and we'll keep trying to throw you some positivity. So, so if you want to yeah. share your thoughts about the show. Please hit us up on any forms of social media. Just make sure you use the hashtag XPOC12360. If you want to send us like a personal message to the email, the email is XPOC12360show at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. it. And, uh, sorry, Jimbo. No, I was just going to say, like, um, it was, it's not that the letter was too long to read. I just think that it was so personal that I don't know how much of it that, that he wanted to share. That's why I'm not... Well, he wanted to send a short version, but I said, no, man, tell your story. I don't yeah. care how long it is. And yeah. I was really glad he did. Because yeah. it, it really makes it that much more impactful when you see, like, not to get too into it, but this guy was working at Buckingham Palace with the Queen and then was in, like, such a deep depression he couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. His depression, um, his depression was so debilitating that it, that it prevented him from, from taking advantage of these incredible opportunities that he had. And, you know, and that just starts this, this sliding down this slope that, like, you know... You you get down on yourself because you missed out on this opportunity, and it's and then anyway, I. It's really hard to dig to to climb up out of a hole like that, man. And so, uh, anything that we can do to help you, Kurt, for you to climb up out of that hole, man, I know I know how to do it. I've climbed up out of it, so. Uh, Give me a holler if you need to know the way. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and so. other other people that might be in a different kind of hole and a hole of addiction. Uh, February twenty fourth, breaking the cycle of addiction at uh, John Johnstown, Pencil Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yes. Tickets are uh, on sale at Eventbrite. They're not on sale. They're free. Oh, but, they're free. Yes. For information, go to Eventbrite.com. Yeah. Check that out. Uh, February twenty fourth. That'll be that day. Uh, March seventeenth. Power Factory One Fall Wrestling Seminar. You'll be there. Yes. T 
teaching a seminar. Facebook.com, one, the number one fall wrestling has got information about that. And WrestleCon, he'll be at That Wrestling Club for WrestleCon with Kevin Nash, Al Snow, and Mean Gene. Go to thatwrestlingclub.com for more information about that. Did they that. ever change my picture on that? I'm going to get back on them about that. What but in I, the I'm F? Checking, I'm checking on that. Tell them if they don't change the picture, I'm not doing the freaking appearance. And yeah. I'm not joking. That's lazy bullshit. So, I mean, it's bad. I, I, Come on, you guys. Like, if you do it, if you have me come in for an appearance, don't just pick the first freaking picture when you Google my name. Like, you know, pick a decent freaking picture. All right? Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox. Now I'm like looking for the picture. <laughs> it's the picture from It's just Mexico. laziness. It pisses me off. So, all right. Sorry. <laughs> the bummer is that uh, there's only like four pictures of you on Getty, and they're like, they're not very good pictures. I'm sure they're not. Uh, that means we're not going to take new 8x10s. Everyone should use the picture of you in the ring at 25 with Lou hanging from your chest. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best picture I've seen in so long. All right. So I'm going to have to get on that guy or get on Hero or something because I'm that. Dave, he he, del- he has to delegate. You know, he's a busy guy. He has to delegate things. He's delegating something to somebody who's not doing a very good job, apparently. So we'll take care of that. We'll make sure that at least done my right. thing. Sorry, I get a little hot about stuff like that. No, but it makes sense. That's yeah. you. I need you all. The, I need all the help I can get when it comes to the way I look. <laughs> anyway, all right. Anybody Social. else? Uh, Jimbo, uh, you? I'll be at PWG this week. I'll be at Bar Wrestling next week and Suburban Fight Club the week after that. Follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth if you want to know more information about that. Awesome. You guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Also, if you are in Texas, February 16, our Lucha will be in Beaumont, Texas. February 17, they will be in Humble, Texas. So make sure to check it out. That's this weekend. You can find me everywhere at Sunday Motel. Check out Outbox.com for those exclusive Lucha Underground Whatever is with spindex.com. Today we dropped a new episode of our podcast. It's got the one and only Fallen Angel, Christopher, Christopher, Fallen Angel. You just take two. Christopher Daniels. Junior. You can follow us. Follow Xbox on Twitter, The Real Xbox, IG, Xbox12360, Facebook, Xbox12360 Show. Don't forget, you can sign up for the newsletter on there as well. iTunes, give us five stars. YouTube, leave your comments. And like we said before, if you want to send an email, you can do that. You can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad. I am running the marathon. It's slowly coming coming together. If you want to donate money, I'm helping to raise funds for water pumps in Africa. So you can just go on my little bio line and donate. Don't you have like a GoFundMe page for your medical bills for that stress fracture on your foot? <laughs> I do not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hard-earned money paid for that. Good old so, American healthcare. So that was that t- 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 today, Junior. That was that was a uh, reference to Billy Madison. It sure was. Yeah. In case any. All right. Yeah. Let's go on about the hey, chloroform. So so that so we were doing a like a, a panel at Comic Con in South Texas or yeah. something and. So a guy got up and asked a question, and he was like, try- and so I did that. I went, today, Junior, and the guy ended up having a speech impediment. Oh, oh. He just started crying. What a heel. No, he he laughed, but like oh. it was uh, afterwards, it was apparent that there was, you know, he was doing the best he could. Oh. Yeah, talk about feeling like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 even it. Scott, even Scott, <laughs> even Scott Hall went, damn, what a heel. And that's oh, coming man. from him, right? <laughs> so, so, was he holding a glass of red wine when he... No. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant Nash. Sorry. Right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, uh, I think next week we got a hell of a guest. Sean Waltman, producers Mark Donikoff, Jimbo Frank, and TK Trinidad, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow XPOC on Twitter at the Real XPOC and email us at XPOC1236 show at gmail.com. 